welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Specs. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 57, Masquerade. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Let's. So, um, as with many things, we open with Megatron screaming at his newborns. (laughs) It's like one of those what-not-to-do-with-baby... Images. I'm just imagining it's like it's a diagram and it's yes. just a picture of Megatron. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh God, the the do not the do would be Optimus with the jets, and the do not would be Megatron yelling at the Stunticons. Pretty much. So Starscream attempts to talk Megatron out of sending the Stunticons out on some kind of mission, but Megatron intends to take advantage of their unique transformation powers. Neither of us knows what he means by this, and none of the other Decepticons do, least of all the Stunticons. I mean, they're babies. They're just vibing. (laughs) And uh, Motormaster goes through the trouble of introducing all of the Stunticons to us again, you know, just in case you've forgotten since one episode ago. Or maybe you missed the last episode. (laughs) It's all right, kids. Look at these two ties. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the Stunticons fly off and land on a nearby beach, and then Motormaster splits the other four into teams of two to retrieve some components. So I guess their unique transformation powers are that they literally turn into cars. They are uh, much more inconspicuous than most of the other Decepticons are, technically. Laserbeak chucking Soundwave into a random building would like to talk to all of you. <laughs> Tweety want a cracker? Oh, God. And that's the quickest way to get Laserbeak to kill you. <laughs> oh, Buzzsaw would go much faster than that. You just open your mouth and... <laughs> You're gone. So, at the Ark, Ratchet is fixing up Ironhide, who is requesting some upgrades to deal with those stunticons. Ironhide wants to get all hot-rotted up, and I'm having trouble coming up with an image for that. <laughs> a van with just giant... A van with flames on the side? I don't know. The problem is, I'm thinking about how you would do the hot rod modding based off of, like, cars from the 1930s or whatever that got hot rodded. Because there's a definite, there's definitely a a modification component to that. (laughs) Um, Ratchet, though, being the only adult in the room, says, no, no steroids for you. Wheeljack and Teletron pick up the Stunticon signals, and the Autobots intend to investigate. Wild Rider and Breakdown show up at the Republic Optics Company to steal a new laser lens. They do this by shooting through a wall and walking in. I mean, wouldn't it be ironic if they shot the very thing that they came for doing this? It was literally right on the table, next to the wall they shot. (laughs) (laughs) They then gently toss the human to the side after he points the lens out. Um, And I'm always kind of surprised how relatively few humans the Decepticons like, harm directly and by directly i mean shooting them or something i'm sure there's plenty of people they harm by the just direct the indirect damage from their fights but i'm just saying weirdly enough i think the g1 decepticons are shown less actively harming humans than the autobots from the bay movies oh yeah but i mean this is also an 80s show also true. and technically i guess we could say this is sanitized. <laughs> it definitely is. Elsewhere, at a U.S. Army facility, Dead End and Drag Strip show up and take an experimental generator. 
And then, at a city museum, Motormaster shows up to steal the biggest, most perfect ruby by smashing through a wall like the goddamn Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Shouldn't that be in, like, a national museum or, or something instead of just, like, a city museum? That's, like, going to... I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a small city <laughs> to, I don't know, the Cleellum Museum, the Cleellum City Museum, instead of, like, the Natural History Museum in Washington, D.C. Or something. Yeah, or some sort of art museum in London. Like, no, why? it's it's just in this piddly little town in Ohio or something. Yeah. So, um, rubies, again? What is it? Collins and the goddamn rupees. Now imagine if it was in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Welcome to Gary, Indiana. We have one priceless ruby in the Mona Lisa. What, what have you got? <laughs> oh god, their insurance must be so high. <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, there might be a lower crime rate or a lower uh, possibility of getting, you know, targeted by giant fucking alien robots. Yes, but what about regular people? I mean, have you seen some of the art heists that have happened? That's true. Oh, but yeah, back to the cons and rubies. It's been a while since they've done anything with rubies, so I guess they needed to get back in that groove. Um, the guard guarding the rubies attempts to shoot Motormaster in the ass. Uh, it just bounces off his butt and does nothing. I mean, they did have some laser guns, though, so that's more ammunition than they could have had otherwise. I, I mean, I, I think maybe a better way to look at this is that the museum had enough funding for laser guns. Uh. Just imagine the accidental discharges, though. <laughs> what if you accidentally shot your hyper-valuable painting with the laser gun? Just imagine that person who tripped and then fell hands first into that thing, in that painting in Europe. Oh dear. Like a few years ago. And damaged it. I don't remember this off the top of my head, but I will take your word for it. Like, there was just like a little corded off thing separating the person from oh, the painting and they tripped and yeah that entire thing happened and this was like a million dollar painting whoopsie doodle so wheeljack's been able to pinpoint all of his stunticons uh so the autobots roll on out to stop them first up it's inferno hoist and grapple versus wild rider and breakdown in the middle of a highway in the middle of nowhere <laughs> even uh wild rider guns it towards the autobots and then just around them like inferno says something about a near miss deserves some near missiles um the animators totally didn't get this memo though because that was in no way a near miss he was nowhere close to inferno when he swerved around him yeah breakdown seems to have something approaching caution expressing distaste for his colleague's recklessness but it seems that breakdown has sprung a leak one that grapple takes advantage of as he lights the oil trail and breakdown on fire Poor guy is not having a good time today. Inferno does have mercy on Breakdown, though, and puts him out. At least Inferno's nice to the baby, though I think he does say he might regret it in the morning. <laughs> well, he's nicer than anyone else is being right now, anyway. <laughs> well, there's so many war crimes that have been happening. They probably, they probably don't have babies the way we do. I mean, in terms of age, uh, treating true. people carefully because of their age. Also um, true, and also, there have to have been so many war crimes by now, who's keeping count? Yeah. So, Hoist manages to one-shot Wild Rider, and he just kind of falls over in car mode in the goofiest ways, just like he slumps. <laughs> 
Dead End and Dragstrip are confronted by Warpath and Trax. This seems like a bad time all around. <laughs> but a Formula One racer is no match for a tank. Bad time all around. <laughs> and Dead End does not fare much better against Trax's blinding gun and then Warpath's fist through his roof. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, what even happened to, like, their force field things? <laughs> it was out to lunch? I don't know. <laughs> Warpath cares not for your force field. Yeah, which leaves Optimus, Bumblebee, Spike, and Blast with a deal with Motormaster. And Spike is totally doing a model pose on Bumblebee's hood when this shot opens for some fucking reason. <laughs> Hate me like one of your French girls, Blaster. <laughs> Optimus opts to play chicken with Motormaster. Instead of just shooting him! <sighs> he's gotta prove he's still the king of the road, and I'm not even sure which person we're talking about right now, because <laughs> they both apparently want to be king of the road. Fine, but I still take issue with Bumblebee telling Spike that Optimus, and I quote, has no choice. Guns are a perfectly valid choice in this exact scenario, thank you very much. Shooting your opponent in the tire is roughly the equivalent of shooting a human opponent in the leg, right? Probably, I guess? So Motormaster tells Optimus that he's been waiting for this for a long time! You're a baby. How long have you been waiting? Five minutes? Are you all of two weeks old? Motormaster was secretly born at age 45, but you know, in like robot years, whatever. <laughs> he's two million years old at heart. Oh, jeez. God, imagine getting that programming. <laughs> You're gonna be a chain smoker. <laughs> you hate kids on your lawn. I don't, I don't know. It's maybe not the best one for a 45-year-old, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Do you even understand what a lawn is? <laughs> so Optimus and Motormaster smash together, and then we cut to commercial break. Gotta keep the kids on their toes, guys. Gotta keep them on their toes. The other three turned bravely into the smoke, only to find that Optimus is completely fine. Never mind that we saw him explode. Again, where are the force fields? Did, <laughs> did Megatron take the force field away? Maybe they were they used too much energy? I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. Motormaster, meanwhile, looks almost melted into the roadway. Like, he is slumping on his tires, too. There is probably so much internal damage. <laughs> Uh, the other Autobots all report in about capturing the remaining Stunticons. All five Stunticons are dragged to the Ark behind the Autobots, presumably leaving their dignity in the dust. And then they're put into baby laser jail. Oh, pretty literally, yeah. So many lasers, so many babies, so much jail. The Autobots put their thinking modules together and try to figure out exactly what the Decepticons were planning on doing with the components that these Stunticons were stealing. It's like Decepticon Mad Libs. <laughs> Megatron's going needs the Ruby to build a giant space laser. <laughs> yeah. Hound manages to get a map of a meteor crater out of the Stunticon's memory banks, and that's not terrifying at all. Oh, right, just... no, the implications. All the implications there, I just don't even. Yeah. There's so many random times that characters' memories are just sort of messed with or, or had copied or yeah. whatever yeah and optimus laments that they could probably figure out the cons plans if they could just get to that crater undetected a convenient tv interview with the scientist from the optics company uh from before gives optimus an idea after he mentions initially mistaking the stunticons for the autobots even after they blew a hole in his wall i i i don't know i don't know 
Uh, maybe he saw them driving up. I don't maybe. know. I mean, I think there was a window. This leads the Autobots getting all dooted on up, but as the Stunticons <laughs> involve some very special things. <laughs> Optimus is Motormaster, Windcharger is Wildrider, Sideswipe is Breakdown, Jazz is Dead End, and Mirage is Dragstrip. Well, I guess we know why they eventually went... They were probably planning this episode before they actually decided on the Stunticons' designs. <laughs> fucking knows. Optimus instructs the other Autobots to not blow their cover. <laughs> he does all of this in front of the Stunticons, the babies. I mean, how galling must it be for the Stunticons watching these people incompetently <laughs> pretending to be them? So the Autobots leave, and as they near the crater, they are shadowed by Laserbeak, and Windcharger decides to wild rider it up, pulling ahead, laughing like a maniac. <laughs> Laserbeak doesn't shoot them, so they presume that their guises are working out strong, at least for now. As the Autobots drive up to Megatron, Starscream comments on how safely they're driving today. <laughs> Megatron retrieves the ruby from Optimus's cabs, Starscream noting that his voice sounds strange. <sighs> I like to think that Starscream knows exactly what is going on right now and is just waiting for all hell to break loose like the Chaos Gremlin that he is. Probably. <laughs> Meanwhile, the real Stunticons manage to break out of their confinement, or at least Breakdown does using his um, electronics damaging destroying vibrations. Which looks a lot like slamming into the bars to the untrained eye. <laughs> it works somehow. <laughs> He breaks out the rest of them, and then they form Menasaur, smashing their way out of the Ark, and presumably also the volcano. Menasaur just says that the place is small, and he wants out. Does Menasaur have claustrophobia? I mean, when you smash five bots together, at least one of their phobias is present, probably. <laughs> or, considering they all have uh, exciting mental problems. <laughs> they uh, all sort of conglomerate to a bigger, more exciting mental problem. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Breakdown's got the paranoia, Dead End is basically, has major, major depressive disorder. I, I'm not actually too familiar with Wild Rider and Drag Strip and, or Motor Masters, um, issues, but yeah. <laughs> Menacer ending up with more exciting, uh, exciting for certain uh, values of the word, uh, problems does make sense. Bumblebee and Spike find the prone bodies of all of their friends, quickly coming to the conclusion that the Stunticons have escaped. Now I'm just imagining them coming into the place effectively on fire with pizza, or just coming <laughs> in with, you know, a smoothie. Yeah, yeah, that seems, that seems legit. Yeah. Back at the crater, Megatron is very happy with the delivery of his components and dismisses the nearby Constructicons. And off they go to their... Union-regulated coffee break. <laughs> Optimus attempts to get some kind of description on Megatron's new weapon, lying convincingly enough to get Megatron to monologue. Well, Megatron loves monologuing, so that's not super hard. Um, Megatron's new weapon just seems to be a powerful gun. I, I think there was probably more detail th than that, but not much. It's, it's it, it, it big gun, guys. <laughs> it's gun time. We all love guns, don't we? <laughs> At least all of, all the Decepticons do. And at this moment... This very moment, Menacer flies on up. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was already here. <laughs> oh, we're wearing the same outfit. How embarrassing for you. <laughs> Optimus continues to lie through his teeth, but Megatron instead demands that the Autobots effectively form Menacer. Proof. He demands proof. 
But wait, the Autobots also form Minasaur, which um, you might be wondering, how the fuck are they doing this? <laughs> Through the power of magnets. Windcharger is really, really, uh, you know, holding the team together today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sandwave points out that the real Minasaur should have special powers. And the real one laser beams the Autobots, knocking them down. Megatron takes his new toy and intends to shoot the loser. <laughs> the Autobots proceed to fall to pieces and for some reason magically get their original paint jobs back. That is some very specialized paint. Yeah. Alternatively, that's some very specialized ability of Minasaurs that reverts their paint to the original color. Maybe, but I thought it was... Because, like... Paint just got literally sprayed on them and seemed like it changed colors. Uh, yeah, so. I have no freaking idea what's going on here. I don't know. Let's just go with nanites. <laughs> nanites. nanites were involved. Yeah, yeah, that seems legit. At least it didn't explode, which this paint feels like something Wheeljack would have had a hand in. <laughs> so at least and, it didn't explode. And anything Wheeljack has a hand in has at least a 50% chance of exploding for reasons unknown. <laughs> or possibly causing some sort of unintended side effect. True. Uh, so Megatron shoots at Optimus, but misses multiple times. Starscream and Soundwave note that Megatron's new gun seems to be unstable. Soundwave does the sensible thing and suggests abandoning the gun. Megatron says, suggestion noted and ignored. Excuse me, sir. There's one of your men you should actually listen to. It's Soundwave, you moron. <laughs> the gun explodes. But don't worry, everyone's fine. <laughs> Megatron orders Minasaur to fight the Autobots, but with the arrival of additional Autobot reinforcements, the cons leave. Come to find out, the gun exploded due to the alterations on, ru on the ruby by Ironhide, which brings to me many more questions about how that museum is going to deal with this. <laughs> right? Like, they could have just gotten a less perfect ruby and done something with that, you would think? Or just even cut glass. Yeah, I, I was really curious why they didn't just use glass. Um, I don't know if maybe Megatron would be able to tell. I mean, maybe there would have been a difference in the um, density and weight. That's a possibility. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, what sort of uh, geological scanning features do giant robots have to review this thing? I will... I will give you one thing, and again, I know it's not said in the, the, the show, but to inject some more sense into this, oftentimes Megatron's backstory is that he was a miner. Mm. If anybody could actually legitimately scan for minerals, it might arguably be him. <laughs> Depending on if that is considered, yeah, canon. But I don't know. It's not like we know anything about this Megatron's backstory. Yeah, you're aside basically. From the given nothing like he just sort of pops up like you know 90 percent tyrant in the like one bit of backstory we do get for him well there's also i think that backstory that comes in where the constructicons apparently build him at some point i think uh, yeah and that doesn't make any sense it, it's wild anyway that's basically where our episode ends so um join us next time for episode 58 the trans europe express the autobots join in an international cross-country race you know, for funsies. Yay! <laughs> and, Specs, I believe you have some fanfic recommendations for us today. Yes, which are basically focused entirely on the Stunticons, because I like the Stunticons, or specifically Breakdown and Dead End, as you probably figured out. <laughs> <laughs> so, our first one is Purple by QOS, or Koss? 
I don't know. I've, I've never heard their uh, username pronounced. Uh, Continuity is G1 cartoon. It's rated G. It's Gen. There's no pairings, and it's just the Stunticons. And in summary, why do the Stunticons have purple optics while all the other Decepticons have red ones? This is a valid question. <laughs> and so it's basically... Stunticons. That is our theme here. <laughs> the second one is Fracture by Wheeljack. Uh, G1 cartoon continuity rated T for teens. Gen, no pairings, and it's the Stunticons and also Menasaur. <laughs> because, yep, that just alt is another person. <laughs> In summary, a failed mission sees the Stunticons exiled from the Decepticons and left with only themselves to protect each other. The Stunticons must learn to work together and acknowledge the Gestalt bond that ties them so closely together. Because yeah, if any of this, if any of the combiners need teamwork, it's these guys. Uh, definitely. <laughs> and again, Stunticons. And let's go to Owls. I believe we have some visual components for today's <laughs> recommendations. Yes. Um. So we're actually recommending an official artist from the comics today, which is Alex Milne. Is it, I'm like I'm sitting here going, is it Milne or Milne? But we go with Milne. <laughs> I've always thought of his last name as Milne, but that doesn't mean it's correct. <laughs> no apologies if I'm saying it wrong because I've not heard it said out loud. But you know who we mean. Um, we're linking to his DeviantArts. Uh, obviously, he has done primarily IDW. Um, I I behaved <laughs> for most of the things we linked. I, there's only two Megatron things here. Um, one of them is, I, I can't remember if it was a commission. I think it was a commission where Megatron's just drawn as a teacher, like in a classroom in front of a blackboard. I just think it's really fucking oh, funny. One. Yeah, that one's fun. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's fantastic and I love it. Um, and then one of the, the other Megatron thing I did is, it's my favorite cover from More Than Me See I Am Lost Light. My, so my favorite cover is from, I believe this is issue 55 of More Than Meets the Eye. It is Megatron with uh, the spark flowers, which are a component in the IDW comics. I think it's really pretty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, it's kind of one of the few covers we see Megatron looking kind of vulnerable. It's just, it's a very, it's very pretty. I like the colors and it is one of my favorite things that um, came out of kind of the covers or the comics in that era. Yeah, it's a very minimalist color scheme. Too. Yeah, it just, it's, it's very good. Uh, there's also the cover for the More Than Meets the Eye issue 53. Or 43. 43. <laughs> uh, then it is Cyclonus and his hollow avatar, which is, his hollow avatar basically looks like a Victorian school marm and it's amazing. Um, this is a particularly good picture of, of her, I think. Um, and then the cover from 42, which is Ravage in front of Ultra Magnus. Um, or the Magnus armor? I'm or, not sure if that's... Yeah, either. Uh, one of those. Um, and it's just because I wanted Ravage and stuff, and I don't often have a ton of stuff I can share with Ravage on it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I his work is lovely if you haven't seen it. Um, he is probably one of my favorite comic artists for like the mainline comic, and it's because he does a good job of the robots still have structure but still have malleable faces so they can still be very expressive and it is oftentimes the thing i see with the comics is like you'll have people go too far in either direction <laughs> where they're almost too robotic and don't have any facial expressions whatsoever and i'm like this is not a robot this is a cartoon this is a looney tunes character although i feel like the first one i see a lot more so i i like his stuff it's a really good blend of both and he has done I some design work with designing some of the characters' appearances and stuff in the, I, the IDW one. Mm -hmm. 
And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSparkPod, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Elle. Stills. Mm-hmm.